0: That's investher, H E R, con.com, promo code 100 best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: If he could buy a good piece of real estate in a good location with 20 to 25% down, have it break even or cash flow on a 30 year loan, he said a man ought to do that. He could get rich doing that.
0: Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, got two questions for you, and this is for my fix and flippers out there. One, are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line? And two, Are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by reducing your loan payments to the bank or private lender? Of course you are, right? You're always looking to maximize the potential of your deal. So here's a solution. We got a solution for you through the crowdfunding platform, Patch of Land. If you're a loyal Best Ever listener, you know Patch of Land. They've been on the show many times. They've sponsored the show many times. They're back for more because they love you. They want to help you out. They want to add value to your life. And here's how they're going to do it they have a solution to your financing issue of financing costs eating away from your bottom line and they want to help you reduce your loan payments to the bank so here we go patch of land offers a fix and flip loan program that only charges interest on the funds that have been dispersed as opposed to tradition the traditional model of lenders charging interest on the whole loan amount at the beginning Save a lot of money this way, and it can be misleading when you get your terms quoted to you by the lender at a particular rate if they charge all of the interest up front versus upon distribution. Patch of Land's got a document that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper to educate yourself on questions you should ask the lender. Regardless, if you go with Patch of Land, you've got to get this document to educate yourself on the questions to ask your lender to make sure you're getting the best financing terms. The documents at patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. That's patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Patch of Land, they can close in as little as seven days and they can help you through this program, save thousands of dollars on your deals, make more money, and uh, have a better business and grow your fix and flip business. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Emmett Smith, Hall of Famer. He's also a real estate developer. That's right. Google Ed Smith, Joe Fairless, and you'll hear his interview with us today. We've got the author of one of my most recent favorite books, and perhaps it will be an all-time favorite book. Ninja Selling is the book, and the author is Larry Kendall. How you doing, Larry?
1: Doing great, Joe. Thanks for inviting me.
0: My pleasure. It was less of an invite. It was more of a stalk. I stalked you. I had my team stalk you and track you down because a guest on an episode of the show had previously mentioned your book, your conference, and your seminars, and your approach. And the book is Ninja Selling, and he was speaking so highly about it, I had to check it out. And after I did, I have already implemented some of the things, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I'm just blown away by your approach, and I recommend it to everyone who I personally work with in my consulting program and then just best ever listeners in general. A little bit about Larry. He is the founding partner of The Group, which is a real estate company that is owned equally by its sales associates and staff. He is the author of the book I mentioned earlier, Ninja Selling, and has been engaged in real estate business for over 40 years and he has been named Business Person of the Year by Business World Magazine. He's based in Fort Collins, Colorado. So with that being said, Larry, you want to give the best of listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus.
1: You bet, Joe. As you mentioned, I live in Colorado and moved there with my wife and 10-month-old daughter and uh, could not find a job. And if you want to live someplace and you can't find a job, what <laughs> you do. You go into real estate or into sales you can always get a job in sales and so that's how I ended up in the real estate business my background I'm basically an introvert and I had to find a way to be successful in the sales industry as an introvert and that led to an approach that I developed and then later taught to our salespeople in our company and it's now called Ninja Selling and we have workshops throughout the country we have eight instructors that teach in the U.S. primarily in the U.S. and Canada. And this year we'll surpass 60,000 Ninja Selling graduates.
0: Congratulations on that. And you mentioned you had to find a way to be successful in sales as an introvert. And that's how Ninja Selling came about. What is Ninja Selling? Ninja
1: Selling, the basic fundamental is this, that you never want to put your customer in the position of feeling pressure. Because when they feel pressure, they either want to run away from you if they can, or they will put up a shield to protect themselves. And immediately your rapport is gone. So what Ninja Selling teaches is how to connect with customers, never put them in the position of feeling pressure. As a result, you'll never put yourself in the position of being rejected. And by asking the right questions, you'll find ways to solve their problem, help them and be more successful. So the basic idea is uh, we want to teach salespeople how to be incredibly successful and never put themselves in the position of being rejected. One of the other principles of Ninja Selling is, and our goal is to help people increase their income per hour so they can have a life. So we are very focused on what we call the vital few. What are the few things that will make the biggest difference for you and for your customers so that there's not a lot of wasted effort? And if you can do that, then you can be what we call an on-purpose salesperson versus on accident. A lot of salespeople are out there doing the best they can on accident, they end up putting transactions together. And we really teach a system. We call it the Ninja Selling System. And it's built around these core principles of knowing how to run your mindset, your skill set, and your actions and being successful and not working all the time. A lot of salespeople can end up being a gerbil on a wheel. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to increase your income per hour so that you can have a life.
0: You said that you don't want to put yourself in a situation or position to be rejected. How can you do sales and not be in a position to be rejected?
1: <laughs> that is a great question. You know, the easiest way to not be rejected is to never make any calls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't so, think you and I, don't then, think and you and I what, would be
0: talking if that was the case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and frankly, that, that's what holds a lot of salespeople back. They've been taught closing techniques, sales techniques, that they can sense it. When they start going down that path, they can sense the resistance from the customer. And as a result, many times they decide, gee, I just won't make any calls. And one of the <laughs> one of the principles of Ninja Selling is to build relationships and that people would prefer to work with somebody that they know, like, and trust. And we encourage building relationships and working with people that know you, like you, and trust you with your friends, basically. And I've had people come to my workshops and they say, you know, I was never comfortable, based upon how I was taught to sell, I was never comfortable subjecting my friends to that. So I kind of siloed my life. I had my sales business over here and then I had my personal life and my friends over there and I would never subject my friends Mm -hmm. to what I was taught in how to sell. Now with Ninja Selling, this opens up a whole new world for me because I can be with my friends and I can help them buy and sell real estate. And I never feel like I'm selling them. They never feel like they're being sold. Everybody loves to buy, but nobody likes to be sold. And the way we do that, back to your question, well, that's great, but how do you do it? It's by asking the right questions. And we have a philosophy in Ninja that the customer should have time of possession. That means they should be doing most of the talking. And we should be asking questions and listening which is the opposite of what most sales training is about. And most sales training is about scripts and dialogues. And here's what you say, and here's how you convince them. And our approach is much more soft. And our philosophy is this. We're going to ask some questions, and we're going to identify pain and pleasure. And then we're going to see if we can solve their pain and their pleasure. So our philosophy is stop selling, start solving. So that's where it begins. And the customer will be doing most of the talking. We'll be listening, we'll be listening for pain and pleasure, and we'll be trying to see if we have a solution, if our product or service can solve a problem for them.
0: When you're asking questions and you're looking for the pain and pleasure, eventually, I imagine, the topic needs to be about real estate, otherwise it's not as relevant. How do you come up with the right questions to ask so that you're eventually going to get around to business?
1: Great question, Joe. Almost all of our questions start with the Ford questions, F-O-R-D questions. So we'll simply start out by asking, how's the family? The O question is occupation. How's business? How's everything at work? R stands for recreation. What are you doing for fun? What are your plans for the weekend? And the D question is about dreams, anything about the future. So what are your plans for the holidays? Are you going to the game this weekend? Your daughter's graduating high school this year. What's her plans for the future? And almost all of our questions start with those four, what we call core type of questions, family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. When we're asking about the family and how's the family doing, it's very easy to segue then into how's the house working out for you? Mm -hmm. And they'll usually talk about what's working, what's not working. And you could say, well, what are your long-term plans for that house? They may say, well, you know, we probably are good to go for another couple of years, so our kids graduate, and then maybe we want to do something else. Which leads into another question, which was, well, if you could live anywhere, where would that be? The questions are very easy and very soft if you lead into them with the four core questions, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. What we know in real estate is this. Those four areas, family, occupation, recreation, and dreams, are the four core values of most people. And if there is some sort of change, either pain or pleasure, in those four areas, it's going to affect their real estate. So you think about this. On family, what would be some examples of changes that could affect their real estate? Well, they become an empty nester, or they just have a new baby, or they get divorced in their business. They just got promoted, or they just got laid off, or they are being transferred. So any change in those four core areas is going to affect their real estate. And what we teach the ninjas is how to ask those questions and listen very, very carefully for pain and pleasure, and then offer a solution. It's really as simple as that. My experience also is when you're asking those four questions, after a while, they'll look at you and they'll say, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. What business are you in? Mm Mm-hmm. And i say, well, I'm in the real estate business. And almost always their very first question out of their mouth is, well, how's the market? And this is a question that's probably the most asked question of real estate people is, how's the market? And it's also the question that, in my observation, is poorly handled by most realtors. Typically, when they're asked, how's the market? They'll say, oh, man, I'm really busy. Or they'll say, oh, man, there's just not enough inventory. Well. When you say you're busy or when you say that there's no inventory, what is in the mind then of the person that asked that question? The feeling is that you're too busy for them, yeah. right? Or yeah. there's, they've missed it. There's no inventory. Instead, what you want to do is you want to ask, what have you heard? And see what's prompting that question.
0: Mm. So you answer the question with the question?
1: Yeah. You say, what part of the market are you interested in? I was at a party last summer, and there was a group of us standing in a circle with a drink in our hand, and there was a person there that said, how's the market? There was a realtor in our group, and he took that bait like a big mouth bass. And just that quick, he said, oh, man, there's just no inventory. And I saw this gentleman's shoulders slump, (laughs) and it just deflated him. So I hooked up with him later at the party, and I said, you know, you were asking about the market. What part of the market are you interested in? And he said, well, my wife and I've been thinking with these low interest rates, this might be the time that we should step up to our dream home. And I said, well, tell me more about that. And he started to describe the kind of home he wanted. And I said, do you have a price range in mind? He says, well, in, in searching online, it looks like to get what we want, it's probably going to be about a million to a million two. And I said, well, have you ever heard of a dual market? And he says, no, what's that? And I said, well, we have a dual market right now in the mid to low price ranges." There's hardly any inventory. Yep. But as you go up in price, there's an abundance of inventory. In fact, in your price range, there's about a two-year supply. So you could sell your current house in a seller's market and buy your dream home in a buyer's market. Mm -hmm. He said, you are kidding. Wow. Well, today he's living in his $1.2 million golf course community. And again, he thought it was over. There's no inventory. He was deflated Well, the key to it is asking the right questions and listening.
0: Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I'm really glad that you shared that story. So we're talking about the examples that you have are in reference to real estate agents and brokers. And that's primarily what your book is focused on. But these principles are applicable to all real estate investors because I personally am not a real estate agent or a broker, my business is I buy apartment communities with accredited investors and we do large deals together. So I work with passive investors and I just soaked up your book so much because of your approach and how it is applicable to not only real estate agents and brokers, but also people who bring in investors in deals because it isn't about the selling It's more about building relationships, asking the right questions, and then seeing if you can help solve a challenge. Have you come across other people who have applied the principles that you discuss in ways other than real estate agents and brokers?
1: You know, Joe, one of the people that I learned the most from and about the questions is an old friend of mine, Robert Kiyosaki, who you've had on your show and in my mind is one of the icons for real estate investing. And he used to live in Colorado back in the day. In fact, we used to teach together. And I learned a lot from Robert. Obviously, he's a great investor. A lot of people don't know this, but he's a great teacher as well. And I took a class from Robert called Powerful Presentations. He kept drumming into us, it's not what you say, it's what you ask. And knowing how to ask the right questions in the right order and being a good listener is really the key. So a lot of this, Robert applies in how he does his business. I learned it from him. We've applied it in a number of other areas in brokerage. We also have trained a lot of commercial brokers. So I think our approach applies whether you're in residential, whether you're in commercial. A lot of lenders, mortgage people have taken our courses. So I think that they definitely apply if you're in any area of communication, really.
0: Mm -hmm. And one thing I've specifically done, because I alluded to this at the beginning of our conversation, after reading your book, one thing I've specifically done is I have created a newsletter, but not an email newsletter, because I already have that. It gets sent out every week. But I've created an exclusive, mailed out, get it in the mail newsletter that only my accredited investors receive. So I get all of their mailing addresses, and they get this newsletter once a month. And in the newsletter, it highlights one of the investors and how they got to where they're at. And it also might mention some other miscellaneous things, like maybe top five things I learned from interviewing Emmett Smith or Jillian Michaels or something like that. And that's something that I've done after reading your book because I realized that it's important to be top of mind because I believe it's been a couple months since I read your book. But I believe you mentioned something in that book about if you're top of mind today, but the customer, and in this case, my investors, but in real estate agents, the client, if they don't need a home then, then they're going to eventually go with the person who's top of mind at the time. So the key is to remain top of mind consistently. And that mail-out newsletter is one way I'm doing that.
1: And I think it's interesting, Joe, that you decided to do that in a snail mail hard copy format.
0: Mm -hmm. Because I've got the weekly thing via email, but the snail mail is, to speak candidly, I'm infiltrating their house. (laughs) I'm actually on their kitchen counter, and it's just another way in to continue that relationship in the conversation and stay top of mind while adding value. Because none of it, the thing in the newsletter, and I learned this partially from reading your book, but then partially just my life experiences, none of it is selling them on anything that I have. I'm going to take that back. I have one call out for my conference, but it's a small one. But besides that, it's all stuff that is profiling current investors to help them either connect with some of my current investors and maybe do a help grow together, they can grow together, or just learning who else is investing with me. So they get an idea of, hey, I've got other people who are joining with me. And here's a couple people. So what other ways have you heard of, or done yourself or your teammates have done that have helped stay top of mind with potential clients throughout the year?
1: Well, we do just what you do. We do both an electronic as well as a hard copy newsletter. And we have found that they both are necessary. And the hard copy is coming back. Print is coming back because so many people, their junk mailbox now is their email, not their home post office box. So we do both of those. Again, we want to position ourselves, number one, top of mind. And number two, as the source of real estate knowledge when they ask themselves, who would know the answer to this? boom, you're top of the mind. And not only top of the mind, but also in their mind, you're the source. I know I could call Joe and he'll know the answer. We believe in our research that to be top of the mind, you need to have in what we call auto flow, which would be in the mail or email or social media, three touches a month, 36 Mm -hmm. touches a year. And they need to be touches in a way that creates value. It's not just junk We're not bombarding somebody with stuff that isn't valuable to them. So anything that solves a problem for them or even solves a problem they didn't know they had, typically market information is very valuable to people. They like to have that. You cannot send them too much of that. Anything that makes them feel good. So personal notes make them feel good. Birthday cards make them feel good. Anything that either solves a problem for them or makes them feel good is part of your flow program, three per month. And then in addition, we recommend live flow. And this is face-to-face or voice-to-voice. We recommend at least 50 live flow interactions, face-to-face, voice-to-voice, per week. So a lot of times when I'm teaching that, I get the furrowed brows, and wow, that seems like a lot. How am I supposed to do that? Well, first of all, it's pretty easy. If you have your CRM set up properly, it should automatically populate probably 20 to 30 calls you need to make that week. Who's having birthdays? Who's having anniversaries of the purchase of their home? Your various contract dates that you need to follow up on for your active buyers and sellers. Those should be pretty much automatic. And then you've got to come up with 20 to 25. And if you think about it, if you are at a game and you see four or five of your friends, that counts as four or five. Or if you're at a an open house and seven people come through, that counts as seven. And the only requirement is that you ask Ford questions and listen for change. That's all you have to do. You don't have to go up and say, hey, do you want to buy or sell real estate? Or, hey, who do you know that wants to buy or sell real estate? The minute you start going down that path, what do they do? If they run, can get away, away, they do, or they, they throw up the shield, okay? Yep. So instead, you just say, how's the family? You know, What's going on at work? What are you guys doing for fun? And just engage them and then listen carefully for change.
0: Just a clarification from my own purposes. You said auto flow, three touches a month that create value, and then live flow, at least 50. For auto flow, I believe you're referring to three touches a month per person that you're targeting. But for live flow, you're referring to, in total, at least 50 face to face conversations, but not with one particular person,
1: right? No, no. <laughs> okay, 50 it. face-to-face or on the phone. You yeah, know? yeah. And, across, um,
0: across many people. Yeah, per week. Got it. Okay, good stuff. I've got a question I ask all my guests, and here it is. Based on your experience as an entrepreneur and being in real estate, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors?
1: Don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. That's an old adage, but my wife and I own quite a few properties all of them are free and clear. It's provided us with the financial freedom to do basically to get up in the morning and do what we want. I teach a real estate investing course called Wake Up Money and it's the idea of how much money would you like to have by coming in each day by simply waking up in the morning from your real estate. And a lot of this started with my first meeting with Robert Kiyosaki back in the 80s before he was famous. Back then he was Bob, now he's Robert. (laughs) <laughs> <But> <laughs> I learned a lot from him and have applied it. And one of my favorite investors is a guy named Don, and he's a carpet layer. And he would come into the office and he'd say, what do you have for me to buy? And his formula was very simple. If he could buy a good piece of real estate in a good location with 20 to 25% down, have it break even or cash flow on a 30-year loan, he said, a man ought to do that. He could get rich doing that. And I saw Don the other day. When I worked with him as a carpet layer, I don't think he ever made much more than thirty or thirty-five thousand dollars a year laying carpet. And he would buy these fixer uppers, mm-hmm. good locations, good bones, but they needed carpet and paint. He could do that. And his income today is forty-seven thousand dollars a month from his real estate. Mm-hmm. And he's a very simple man, but in a very simple formula. But I have found that formula to be fairly accurate. And In fact, when I can't buy a property with 20 to 25% down and have it break even or cash flow on a a 30-year loan, I tend not to buy it. That would be a signal to me that perhaps the fundamentals aren't there in the market at that time. I know we were recommending to a lot of our investors in 2006, we have a monthly workshop, a Wake Up Money workshop, and we actually suspended the workshop. In 2006, we said, go to the sidelines. This is going to get ugly wow. because the fundamentals simply are not there. And at the time, I remember a lot of them were kind of distraught. They, wait, wait a minute, we want to buy some real estate. You're telling us not to buy real estate? And I said, well, not right now. You think it's location, location, location. That's one of the rules of real estate. But the other one is timing, timing, timing. And so many of them are so happy that they followed our advice because they went to the sidelines. They conserved their cash. And we fired up our wake-up money classes again at the end of 2009, and they've done very, very well. So I think understanding the fundamentals, real estate markets are very cyclical. Those cycles are long. They tend to be very predictable if you know what to watch for. And you want to follow your fundamentals and buy at the right time.
0: You ready for the best ever lightning round? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do it. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan, and conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Best ever book you've read, Best ever? Yep. Best ever book you've read.
1: I should have been more prepared, Joe. I apologize. (laughs) The best book I read recently is... um, How about this?
0: Because I know it's tough to pick the best. Just a book that has influenced you in your career or just as a person.
1: I'm trying to remember the name of the book that I just read. It's Nine Habits a Monday Morning by Robbins, I believe it was. But okay. uh, probably the most profound book for me when I first read it was Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. I remember mm. reading that book in 1984. It was written in 1964. And I remember I, I was sitting with my wife and I pounded my fist on the table. I said, damn it. And she says, what? And I said, this book was written 20 years ago and I'm just now reading it. Mm. I should have read it 20 years ago. I wasted 20 years of my life without having the benefit of this book. And she said... Twenty years ago, you wouldn't have gotten the book anyway. Yeah, you weren't ready for the book twenty years ago. So I remember that book, Victor Frankel's "Man Search for Meaning." Great book.
0: What's the best ever way you like to give back?
1: I was taught as a kid just give, and not necessarily give back. I remember giving when we didn't have anything really to give back. I grew up in a fairly poor family, so if we didn't have money to give, then we gave our time, and we're always volunteering for various organizations. Doing things, so I think that's one of the things that I was taught. And one of the great books on that, I believe, is the Go Giver. That's one of my favorite books as well.
0: Mm, yep, Bob Berg interviewed him on the show a couple times. Great guest. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing?
1: Probably the best way would be to go to our website, which is www.ninjaselling.com.
0: Great, well, Larry. I'm so grateful that. You spent some time with us. And before we started recording, you said you're in Vegas visiting family. So even more so, thank you for taking some time to spend with us while on your trip. And some of the things that stood out to me, one is the staying top of mind approach where you got the auto flow, three touches a month that create value. Could be a snail mail newsletter. It could be an email newsletter. It could be a podcast, it could be a blog, it could be a YouTube channel, it could be a meetup, whatever it is. but three ways to stay in touch with each particular person that's on your list or you're building a relationship with. and then the live flow, which is more of a smattering approach, at least 50 people a week or 50 interactions a week. And then also the overarching approach of don't put yourself in a position to be rejected and how you are able to do that and still, be successful in ultimately sales is you build relationships and you listen and you ask the right questions. As Robert Kiyosaki mentioned that you said, it's not what you say, it's what you ask and asking the right questions. And as you said, people want to buy, but they don't want to be sold to. And you talked about the Ford questions, F-O-R-D, talk about family, occupation, recreation, dreams, That's certainly directly applicable to real estate agents and brokers because that ties into the home situation, but then also it's applicable to people outside of those industries because we're all affected by family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you
1: soon. Great, Joe. Thanks for inviting me on the show.
0: When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.